This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're doing well. I'm really excited for today's show. Coming up at 5.30, we're going to talk to Andrew McGlenn, who is the offensive line coach and the recruiting coordinator at UWL. And if you're not a UWL football fan, fine. That's fine. You don't need to be. We're not only going to talk UWL football. I really wanted to get somebody on from the athletic department, and I've had Coach McGlenn in class. I've interacted with him before. I think he is clever. He's entertaining. He's brilliant, and he really, really knows what he's talking about, obviously, because he works in an athletic department on a football staff. And I want to discuss a couple of things with him outside of UWL football, but maybe how the coronavirus pandemic affects college sports. Because we've read reports and scenarios on how the NBA and Major League Baseball could return. College sports is an entirely different animal. There's a lot more factors at play. So we're going to talk to him. We're going to get some expert analysis because I just, I don't know where to start when it comes to college sports. From recruiting to administration to athletic departments to decisions made state by state, conference by conference, university by university. There's a lot of details. So hopefully he's going to provide some clarity. Well, not hopefully. I know he will. That's coming up at 530. I'm very, very excited for that. We're also going to talk Packers and we're going to continue the Aaron Rodgers, Michael Jordan discussion that we started yesterday. We're going to pick that up uh, at 545 when we're done talking to coach. I, I keep hearing we're dying for anything to watch. We're dying for any live sporting event to watch. Just get something on the TV. We're dying to watch it. I don't know about you. I don't know if I feel that way. We are adjusting our lives to this new normal. A new normal where you can't go in and sit inside a restaurant for the most part right now. We're rapidly adjusting to the world where bars and taverns aren't the same. It feels like we're working towards normalcy, but we're not there yet. We're adjusting to our new normal. And I think sporting uh, fandom is adjusting as well. I think we're learning how to exist And be sports fans in a world where there, well, there isn't much for live sports right now. And I keep hearing the sentiment from radio and TV people. We just need something on the TV. We'll watch anything. We'll watch Korean baseball. Right? We'll watch beanbag tournaments. I I don't think that's the case. I think we're adjusting and we're learning how to be sports fans in this new reality. That's why for me, the last dance, that was enough. Two hours every week where everyone was sitting down watching the same thing. People were blogging about it talking about it on radio and TV. I could follow along on social media. Perfect. That was it for me. That was very similar to a Packer game once a week. And for a lot of people, that's the extent of your sports fandom. Maybe you're just a football fan and you're only a fan of the Packers. So you sit down once a week and you watch and that's it. Perfect. It's actually very similar to what the last dance is provided every Sunday night. Just a couple hours once a week for us all to sit down, gather and watch something together. Everybody's saying we're dying for anything, literally anything to watch. I turn on morning sports radio or sports TV, and it's funny because nobody's talking about Korean baseball or UFC or NASCAR. Everybody's talking about the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball and when they might come back and how they might come back. And we're talking about the NFL. And there's so many interesting storylines about the NFL. With all the quarterbacks that changed places this last free agency cycle, and especially with the Packers drafting Jordan Love, There's a lot of really interesting storylines right now. And even if the future of the NFL and the start date of the NFL this fall might be a little cloudy, we're still discussing it. We're still talking about baseball and basketball, and those two leagues aren't even playing. We're not talking about Korean baseball or UFC. I don't think we're dying for anything to watch. I think we're dying for our sports to come back, not sports in general. I'd say 95% of sports fans, their favorite league is NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball. And then I'd say another 4% is hockey, and then 1% splits racing, 
fighting, boxing, one of those other sports. And and I'm not here to diss on hockey, although I'm I'm not a hockey fan. I don't understand it as well. I don't enjoy watching it, but I'm not dissing on it. And I'm not dissing racing or Korean baseball or whatever else you're watching right now. But I think the majority of Americans find their favorite sport to be baseball, basketball, or football. One of those three major sports. And neither one of those leagues, none of those leagues is on right now. So when you turn on sports radio, sports TV, most people are talking about when those leagues will come back. Not, well, let's find something else to talk about. Let's complete, let ESPN, first take, and Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman have not transitioned to completely talking about Korean baseball every day. They have not become a UFC show. No, they're talking about what they would normally talk about, which is NBA, NFL, and a little bit of Major League Baseball. Even though two of those three, well, two of those three sports are postponed right now, and the NFL's in their offseason. So I don't buy into this. We're dying for anything to come back. We're dying for sports to come back. No, I think we're dying for our sports to come back, not sports in general. But like I said, now that the last dance is wrapped up and I don't have that weekly appointment every Sunday to watch something for two hours with the rest of America's sports fandom, I, I, need, I need something. I need something. So I'm going to ask you today, and, and when we come back from break, especially if, if you want to call or text in, I'd love to have a discussion. What's your routine been like? What, what, what are you doing to fill your time during quarantine? Because most of my days spent at home, right? I'm not coming into the, to the building to do show prep or to talk to my coworkers, talk to the engineers about what's going on with the technology or talk to Dave about what he's covering on his morning show. I'm staying at home and I'm coming in before my show and I'm basically heading out the door right after. It's a, lot, it's a lot of time to sit at home. What's your daily routine like? How have you been filling your time? I need a morning show. The last two weeks, I've either been listening to Dave Carney in the morning, the WKTY morning show, and I've also been listening to Brian and Gene over on our sister station, 95.7 The Rock, The Morning Sickness. They've been great. I like to start my day with a morning show. Now, I'm a radio person. You might not be that way. Maybe you like to wake up, grab a newspaper, grab a book, turn on the TV, whatever. We all have our kind of our morning routine. Last couple of weeks, I've been trying to read for an hour every day. And I find that it's, that it's easier to stay committed to a book and stay committed to reading if you pick a certain time every day. For me, at least the last few weeks, it's been 11 a.m. to noon every day. Set my phone aside, turn the buzzer off, and, and try to get lost in a book. And it's hard at first. But the last couple of weeks, I've really been getting into it. I love the book that I'm reading right now. I found myself smiling while reading this morning. And that's not me at all. Before quarantine, if I ever picked up a book, it was because I had to for a class or for work. And I didn't enjoy it. I treated it like, like a job. But now I'm finding myself actually enjoying books. Setting a time every day, 11 to noon. That's when I'm going to sit down with a book, put the phone away, turn the ringer off, and just try to get lost in a book. And it's been great. And it's a process that took a little bit of time because I went a long time. I went years without reading for fun. Now I'm kind of back into it, and I really like it. I'm trying to listen to new albums. When artists drop a new album... Just sit down and listen to the whole thing start to finish because I think that's how you should listen to an album, at least at first. Don't skip your way through. Don't pick and choose. Listen to it start to finish. That's the way the artist intended it to be listened to, right? Today I, today I listened to Future's new album. If you don't know who that is, Future's a rapper. Uh, I think it had 21 songs. I think I made it through about six of them before I'm like, okay, this is going to... This is going to take some some effort to make it all the way through. Not really my scene. I don't dislike rap. I don't like rap like that. But I gave it a shot. I did. I tried. Sorry, Future. Trying to listen to full albums. Really get into music on a deeper level rather than just listening to a, a song by an artist here and there and, and kind of shuffling through. I've been trying to fill my time that way. 
And I've always been trying to, to work on a show, watching a show, whether that's a sitcom or a drama, Netflix, Hulu, you know, whatever streaming service, Disney Plus, whatever you watch. Right now, I'm rewatching all of Seinfeld. I restarted and I'm going through. And at that's, man, you can watch. It's amazing. You get a rainy afternoon like we had on Sunday, you can work your way through seasons of Seinfeld at once. Like, very, very quickly. It's so easy to digest. And I'm reminding, I'm remembering and finding all these old Seinfeld episodes that I haven't seen in so long, and it's been great. I'm also watching the show called Midnight Gospel on Netflix, which is really difficult to swallow. It's really wordy, and the topics are kind of dense. But but it's it, And it's animated. So if you don't like animated shows, it's probably not for you. But I've been trying to watch that as well, instead of just throwing on The Office for the, whatever, seventh or eighth time. Always trying to work on a show. Watch something new. That's what I've been doing, and that's been great. I like my daily routine right now, but I need something sports-related. I need something. So whether that's NASCAR or UFC or KBO, I'm leaning towards NASCAR because you need a subscription to ESPN Plus or by pay-per-view for UFC. And KBO's on at like the crack of dawn. It's on at like 6 a.m. So I'm leaning towards NASCAR, and I want to talk about that coming up next. Maybe, just maybe, if you feel inclined, 608 796 2558, you'll give me a, a call on the five-star telecom talking tax line. Tell me how you've been filling your, your your sports fandom the last couple of weeks. Hopefully baseball will be back before too long. Hopefully NBA too, but I have a lot, I have a lot better feeling about baseball than about basketball. Let's continue this conversation coming up next. We're going to talk to UWL football coach Andrew McGlenn coming up at 532 to try to provide some intel, some clarity on how the coronavirus pandemic is impacting college sports because some of that stuff goes way over my head from recruiting right to the athletic department side the administration side state versus federal versus university it's it's complicated that's why we're bringing in an expert coach mcglenn's going to join us coming up at 5 30 a lot of good stuff to come on the wisco sports show hang right here on wkty Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. Andrew McGlenn, coach Andrew McGlenn, UWL football going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes to, to not just talk UWL football. I understand not all of our listeners are huge diehard fans of Eagle football, not just to talk about the Eagles football team, but to also talk about college sports and what a return to normalcy could look like in the coming months as we live in this pandemic stricken world so hopefully he's going to give us some intel some clarity on that subject we're we're trying to get our our mind wrapped around baseball and its return right we're trying to wrap our mind around what the nba might have to do that makes sense to me college sports that's a different animal and and you know during the season i like to bring in guests to talk about college sports i like to bring in zach heilprin from the zone to talk to us about recruiting and, and to talk to us about scheduling because he's in Madison, he's on campus. He has that inside information. College sports are a different beast. So I like to defer. I like to bring in an expert. And we'll talk to an expert, Coach McGlenn, coming up in about 10 minutes. What have you been watching to replace sports? This is what we started the show with. Dave has been talking about UFC, KBO, NASCAR. I have only been watching The Last Dance. That is it. That's all. So what have you been watching? These could be live sports, like some of the options I just mentioned that have made their return. We talk about foreign sports, like the KBO. Talk about throwback sports. I have been doing that. I've been watching old games because a lot of the leagues, the NBA, the NFL, have made their their Game Pass option free for the time being. So you can go in and watch old games. I think NFL, uh, is it NFL Ticket or NFL Film Room or something like that is free 
uh, through, I think, maybe the end of this week. And you can go back and watch NFL games since 2010, 2011. So the year after the Packers won the Super Bowl, that's when the games are available. And you can you can watch, I, I believe, all different angles. You can watch the condensed version, the full broadcast version. It's really cool. So that's the way I've been killing some time, too. And then, of course, we could talk about sports movies, sports TV. I watch the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball in really, really close detail, right? I follow all three of those leagues in really close detail, especially the NFL and the NBA, league-wide, every team, all divisions, all conferences. Baseball's more regional, right? When we talk about MLB, we talk about the Brewers. We talk about their major league club, their bullpen, their starting rotation, their minor league club, their prospects that might be coming up, trade proposals, right? We're, We're not, for the most part, we're not talking about the Red Sox. We're not talking about the Astros. For the most part, we're not even talking about the Pirates or the Cubs. We're focused on the Brewers. It's a regional sport. Baseball is a regional sport. Our love for baseball lives through the Brewers. But I watch all of these leagues with really close detail because it's part of my job, but that's also what I love to do. I can't really justify watching hockey. I like watching high school hockey or college hockey, especially if there are people playing that I know. But watching NHL, I can't get into it. I've tried so many times. I just can't. It's not a diss on hockey. It's just not for me. I would love to get into soccer. I just haven't been able to do it yet. I'm going to try again when things get started up. I don't really watch UFC or NASCAR. I I don't cover these sports on this show. So to me, it doesn't make sense to sink time and energy into sporting games and sporting events that I don't have to talk about through work. I wouldn't say it's a waste of time, but in order to have the best show possible and to be the most informed and the most educated, I should be putting my time and energy into the sports that we cover on the Wisco Sports Show which are, for the most part, NFL, NBA, MLB. But I'm trying to figure out something else to watch. 608-796-2558, five-star telecom talk and text line. We have some texts coming in. I'm going to try to get to them all. Bob says, am I into a book? I'm looking at a nudie mag. Yeah, that's what I'm, actually, when I say I'm reading books, Bob, I'm, I'm into nudie mags. That's exact. They get delivered to my house. Nobody uh, nobody knows. That's That's the secret between you and me, Bob. Uh, a conspiracy is indeed afoot. Jeff, you and Dave are talking about conspiracies. I like that. Uh, Jake says he's been getting my fix from NFL's greatest games on NFL Network and from professional cornhole. I love playing beanbags or cornhole. I grew up knowing it as beanbags, but I'm not going to hate on you if you call it cornhole. I played so much beanbags this last weekend. It was a blast. We, we had a game that took like over a half hour. We kept going over. Like when you really get into a mean game of cornhole or beanbags, that is really, really fun, especially when you can enjoy the sunshine and, and have a beer in your hand. NFL's Greatest Games is a good option, Jake. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think all of us have been watching throwback games. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to do exactly that. We're going to talk about an old Packer game, Pack in Time, which is something we've been doing every Wednesday where we go back and we break down and enjoy and talk about an old Packer game. We're going to talk about a game from 2016 tomorrow, and I'll talk more about that coming up before 6 o'clock. Uh, but I'm with you, Jake. I've been watching some old NBA games. Some old NFL games, too, and Brewers throwbacks. We've been having those on uh, KTY every Sunday. Every Sunday afternoon, we've had these Brewers classics that have been awesome. I really want to watch something live. I want to find something to get into. I thought about UFC. I really, really loved watching Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder a couple months ago. That was my first real venture into boxing, right? And I read about it, and I hear other people talking about it, but I typically don't buy the pay-per-view, or I don't go to the crowded bar to watch I did for that fight, and it was it was really cool. It was a lot of fun because it was so hyped up. Everybody was talking about it, right? There were a couple of warm-up fights, so the, by the time the fight actually rolled around, you're kind of 
had a couple of drinks and you're excited and you're ready to go. And it was a blast watching Fury and Wilder. And I hope they have another boxing fight like that before too long. I'd like to think I'd also enjoy UFC. But, and, and I'll make a confession here about myself. I think for me to get into a fight, it needs to be huge. It needs to be the topic of conversation. It needs to, to be a fight where if I don't watch it, I feel like I'm missing out. We're all turned on ESPN the next day. Everybody's talking about it. I was like, well, I didn't watch. So I feel like I feel like I've missed out. Those are the type of fights that I watch. I don't know if I can watch lower level fights because I think I prioritize the spectacle more than the sport itself. Does that make sense? I watched Deontay Fury or Deontay Wilder, excuse me, and Tyson Fury because it was a spectacle. It was a media event. Not because I have a passion for boxing, although hopefully at some point I'd like to get into boxing a little bit more. I think I prioritize the spectacle more than the sport. And that's okay. I do that with other sports too. I don't care about the Miami Dolphins, right? But if they're playing on Sunday Night Football, I'm there. Because it's Sunday Night Football and the whole country's watching and that's the game that people are going to talk about the next day. Spectacle over sport. That's okay. I'll admit it. NASCAR, I'm not sure about. I always watch Daytona because... It's a spectacle, right? It's something that everybody watches. That's the only race I've routinely watched my life. Let's see. Hold on. I I have the results of Darlington. Darlington was on Sunday. I want to see how many drivers' names I actually know. This will be a good quiz. Okay, so Kevin Harvick won. I couldn't pick him out of a crowd, but I know the name Kevin Harvick. Well, maybe I could pick him out of a crowd. Wasn't he in in a motor oil commercial not too long ago? Maybe I'd recognize the face. Okay, Alex Bowman. That's a name I've never heard. I know the name Kurt Busch. Absolutely could not point him out of a lineup. Chase Elliott. He's the young gun, right? He's kind of the, the new kid on the block. Well, I suppose he's been racing for a couple of years now. Denny Hamlin. That's my guy. Denny Hamlin's my guy. Martin Truex. I know that name. Tyler Reddick. No. Eric Jones. No. Matt Kenseth, of course. Austin Dillon. I know that game. All right. It's about. It seems to be about a 50-50 split. If I know the NASCAR drivers, that's a good start. Because watching a bunch of random people drive could be boring, but if I at least know who I'm watching and know who to root for, then that's a start. I'm a Denny. I was raised in a Denny Hamlin house. My dad worked for FedEx for a long time, so we just kind of naturally <laughs> cheered for Denny Hamlin just for no other reason, which is perfect. Maybe I'll get into NASCAR. I'll start cheering for Denny Hamlin. That's all we need. NASCAR isn't a huge time or, or a money commitment. You don't have to buy the pay-per-view or, or, or sign up for a subscription, and it's only once a week. Very similar to football. And on top of that, NASCAR is probably the best sport to watch without fans. I think it's the least sport uh, that's impacted by fans. So that's a plus as well. Maybe I'll get into NASCAR. Very similar. Once a week, just like football, not a huge time commitment, not too much money, and I don't think no fans negatively impacts NASCAR that much. I'm uninterested by the KBO for a lot of reasons. The time of day it's on. It's a new league to me. New players, new stories, new coaches. Let's be honest about sport. Story is just as important as the score. Right now, the score decides the result of the game, the winner and the loser. But the reason that we care is the story behind the players and the teams. Right? That's why the score matters. Story is just as important as score. And the players and the teams that we grow to know and love and hate, that takes a long time. Right? You need to watch a sports league for a long time to get to know all the players and their personalities and whether you love or hate them. Story, just as important as score. And that's why I'm just, I'm not interested in the KBO. At this particular moment. If the MLB cancels this year, maybe I'll watch just a little bit to get a to get a baseball fix. 608-796-2558. I see one or two last texts. Scott says, for the last two weeks, I've been entertained by live dirt track racing at the Mississippi Thunder Speedway in Fountain City. Heck yeah, they have a big two-day race this week. You're exactly right, Scott. So for racing fans, 
man, you're living life right now between having racing back on Sundays and the return of dirt track racing, uh, like you said, in Fountain City, but but kind of all over the area's tracks are getting going for the summer. So you racing fans, you're you're probably feeling fat and happy right now compared to us basketball and baseball fans. You're, you're probably loving life. When we come back, I want to transition away from this topic, although I, I have no doubt we'll come back because it doesn't look like we're getting sports back anytime soon. So this is a problem we're going to have to continue to solve. Coach Andrew McGlenn, UWL football, coaches the offensive line. He's big in recruiting. He teaches at UWL as well. I want to get his insight and intel on how this coronavirus pandemic specifically has affected college sports. Because we know what it's done to the pros, but there's a lot more factors at play at the college level. And I'm hoping to learn a bunch coming up in this interview. He'll join us coming up next on the Five Star Telecom Talking Text Line. The Wisco Sports Show, back in a moment here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. We're going to get into Packers football coming up here ah, about 15 minutes or so. Tomorrow we're going pack in time. We're looking at a Packer game from 2016, part of the run the table year. So we'll talk a little bit about that, set the table for tomorrow. Right now we have Andrew McGlenn, Coach Andrew McGlenn, UWL football, offensive line, recruiting. He does a little bit of everything. He's joining us on the five-star telecom talk and text line. And Coach, I told my listeners that you were going to provide some some insight and uh, some intel on college football and how it's been impacted by this virus. So you kind of have some high expectations today. I don't want to put you on the spot, but but people are excited. Well, Grant, you know you know the key in life is to underpromise and overdeliver. <laughs> I love the whole that. Key in anything. So that's that's a great coaching mantra. Uh, yes, I absolutely love that. Uh, no, let's let's talk about the return or the possible return of college sports. So I read a piece in Sports Illustrated yesterday. Um, specifically, I think it was about Houston football and some other teams that were just loading up on equipment to fog their locker rooms, stacking up on gloves and masks, kind of reformatting the way they're, they're building and their training facilities work. This is going to look different this fall. Now, it looks like UW schools are going to have students on campus. They're going to have in-person classes. What does that mean for UWL sports? And then conversely, like maybe in the Pac-12, and, and we don't know for sure yet what those schools are going to look like, but what if they don't have students on campus? How how will that work for sports? People and students being on campus versus not being on campus. Yeah, I, I would I would just assume that if you're not having in-person classes, that having in-person sporting events is, is just not going to be possible. I don't, I don't see how you can have a, a gathering of thousands of people on a Saturday and then not have a lecture hall with 400 people during the week. That's, yeah, that doesn't seem to compute. And uh, yeah, everything that that we've received from the UW system um, makes it sound like we're gonna we're gonna really try to make a go of this. And who knows? It it may play out just the way it did this March, where where things change really quickly. Um, I, I think as a world, as a country, we've 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 gathered a lot of knowledge in the last five six months about what's going to go on and. and I'm certainly not a person who's qualified to speak about, well, you know, this should be this way or all that. Uh, the, the key is to continue to, to monitor and, and, and make plans for both. Um, like, we're supposed to report on August 12th, and you have to prepare like you're going to report on August 12th. Yeah. And then if we have to make an audible, we will. Um, but, boy, there's, there's a lot of moving parts with that. Obviously, the safety of people is really important, but we also know the um, – the normalcy of our economy and, and, and just people being able to experience what college is. Like I, I feel really bad for our kids 
last weekend who would have experienced a beautiful Saturday on graduation and instead they had to go to a computer and, and look at a forum. Uh, just, uh, I, I wish I had more information on that grant uh, yeah. selfishly because I'd love to be able to uh, possibly project on that because at this point there's one day I'm like, gosh, I, I just, I don't feel great. And then the next day I feel really positive about our ability to have a normal fall. And I kind of go back and forth. And I think that's just a little bit indicative about how much we just don't know yet. Yeah. I I think the, the, the swapping between optimism and pessimism is a really common theme, at least from people I've heard who work in TV and radio. I, I think that's a very common theme between, uh, well, most Americans. It just depends on the day because the news story seems to change by the day. Obviously, you're a big part of recruiting for UWL, and I've seen a little bit of that firsthand through through your classes or through conversations that we've had in the past. How has that changed your role? I can't imagine you're traveling very much, so you've had to, I'm sure, find a different way to recruit. But how has that changed your message, too? Because I'm sure your message right. to these recruits has changed as well. Well, no doubt. Um, what, what I would tell you is the traveling part is, is just something that we, at least at our level, at least at UWL, I can speak for intelligently, uh, we weren't going out in the spring at all, really, the last couple of years. The last time I had, I had gone out in the spring was probably three years ago. Um, the ability for technology, the ability for information to gather those things is all at our fingertips. I was talking to an athletic director up in the in the West Metro of the Twin Cities who wanted to talk to me about a kid. And uh, as we talked, I, I typed in the kid's name, put the word huddle, his phone popped up. <laughs> And I was watching the tape, and he's like, well, I'll send you this film so you can review it. I'm like, well, John, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> um, and part of, part of that's budget. Part of that's I teach classes, so the ability to get out is, is just not that efficient. And, and, and what I'm experiencing now is kids are still in class, but it's, it's not the same. So they have their phones on them all the time. So the ability to direct message, the ability to text right now and get information on kids is actually easier during this pandemic than what it would be normally um, during during normal springtime, where, where you have a kid who has eight hours of, of school, then he has after-school activities. Uh, it, it's actually been easier to do that. And, and for us in the spring, the identification of film and trying to get grades is really the main thing that we're trying to do at this point, because for us... A lot of the kids that were highest on our board are going to be kids that are going to are going to maybe garner Missouri Valley offers. They're certainly might probably going to garner uh, uh, Northern Sun offers, and those are the type of kids that we're waiting on to find out how that all plays out. A big part of that happens over the summer during camps. Now camps are canceled pretty much any everywhere, yeah. Uh, so that may be delayed, but that portion really hasn't affected us, and I think it, it really has some benefit to us during this time that. Um, and part of it, too, is we have more uninterrupted time at our homes to be able to just sit and focus and jump back and forth uh, rather than meeting and all these things that usually pop up during the day. What is what is your message to kids? Right, And obviously, I'm not asking you to, to reveal your recruiting secrets, but what how have you had to change your pitch to players? How have you had to change your message based on, well, there's a lot of uncertainty, right? So I'm sure a big part of recruiting is you're promising kids what you can provide to them, right? This is what our school gives you. This is what kind of experience I can offer you. But that's kind of up in the air right now. So how have you adjusted your approach? Because in, in some sense, you're a salesman. I know our salesmen here uh, at, for all of our radio stations have had to adjust their approach. How, how have you changed your message? 
Sure. Yeah. What I would tell you is I, I don't think in the end this is going to change a ton. Even okay. if it does interrupt this fall, um, their experience throughout their, their tenure at UWL really wouldn't change. Uh, in a lot of cases, this early in, in recruiting, it's not about sales. It's about gathering information about who this kid is and trying to see if those things align with what you would like. Um, and in most times, Grant, a lot of kids who are juniors in high schools truly don't know yeah. what they value. They are trying to, they're trying to navigate this water. They know they want the recruiting to happen, but they really don't know what any of it means. They're really nervous. Uh, so the, the communication, I don't think it's changed one bit on our end. Um, and I think they'll still have the same experience. The only way that they wouldn't is if they have to do online education for whether it be this fall, this spring, whatever it may be. But, um, I, I guess we're not even planning for that because, because the way the state's setting up to, to move forward. So, uh, addressing some of their anxieties is something that we will certainly talk to them about. Uh, but early on, we don't have that type of relationship where we're a confidant yet to sure. these kids to be able to have them go, oh, geez, coach, I'm, I've got this anxiety based on, on the virus. Uh, not many 17-year-olds are going to tell a prospective <laughs> college coach that when they don't already have a pre-established relationship. Now, yeah. we hope that our 19- and 20-year-olds on campus would feel comfortable doing that, but there's a lot of growth between those two periods. Yeah, that, that and there's a lot of trust between those two periods. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Coach McGlenn, UWL football, he does the O line, he does recruiting. Uh, he's all over the place. I, I want to ask because this is an idea that doesn't only apply to college football. The idea that there has been no spring ball, no OTAs for the NFL, right? Everything's going to kind kind of come together later. So, however it shapes up, you got to imagine that that football teams from from the pros down to the to Division three level they're not going to have as much time to prepare for the season together. What is UWL doing and what is your coaching staff doing to prepare for kind of an abbreviated, possibly an abbreviated preseason where you don't get all that prep time to maybe institute some new things on top of that, right? You have a new head coach. So, so how are you preparing to tackle uh, the preseason differently this, this year? Yeah. A new head coach, two new coordinators that uh, none of our kids have actually met in person because they both they both uh, either got here after the pandemic broke out or uh, Coach McGuire, our offensive coordinator, is still in Dickinson, North Dakota, just closed on the house this last week in town, and we'll be moving here in a couple weeks. So other than, other than some Microsoft Teams meetings with, with our kids, they haven't had much interaction. Um, I, I think an overall arching thing with football this year, mm-hmm. and, and we've tried to address it with our kids, I, I don't think that football in general is going to be as good. Now, does that, it doesn't mean it's going to be bad. What, what I mean by that is football is not a game where you just roll out of bed. That's why we don't have rec football leagues in the city of lacrosse the same way we play tennis and most things. Yeah. Why? Because it's not a sport you can just play recreationally. The preparation takes a long time. So we've talked as a staff that, geez, I would, I would venture to guess the number of soft tissue injuries that will happen to kids is going to increase this year. Uh, our strength coach, Glenn Wright's done a really good job of providing a blueprint for our kids, but our kids have different access and different abilities to get to equipment or space or whatever that may be. So there's a little bit of a guessing game within that. Uh, it, it's certainly going to affect the physical aspect of it. The NCAA has allowed us to be able to continue through meetings here that normally we wouldn't be able to meet with our guys at this point of the year on football things. 
and we're allowed to now at this point. So strategy-wise, we might be a little bit ahead, but the physical is is really the wild card with within all of this. And I would say that would venture all the way up to the to the top levels as well. Is uh, you just don't know how what guys have for accessibility yeah. to be able to train. No, that that's a side that I didn't even think about. Players being able to be in shape and get their bodies ready for you know, really physical, violent contact sports. So it's not just the the playbook and the mental preparation, the the, the basically the, the academic side of things, but the physical side as well and getting their bodies ready. Coach, this has been awesome, and I feel a lot better about hopefully having football this fall. You guys have got your work cut out for you, and it sounds like you're doing an awesome job being prepared and, and adapting every step of the way. I appreciate some time, Coach. Hopefully we can talk again, and, and hopefully WKTY will have games to cover this fall. That would that would make all of us pretty happy, Grant. Yeah, me, me, me. I need games to talk about, man. I got an hour every day. I need something to talk about. I, I appreciate the time. Now that the semester's done, and enjoy your family. Enjoy some some time off. I know you're recruiting, but enjoy the off season and and let's talk again soon, Coach. Absolutely, Grant. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a good one. That's Coach Andrew McGlenn, UWL football offensive line recruiting. He does it all, and he is very well spoken. Obviously, as you can tell, and 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 an awesome part of that coaching staff uh, and very beloved on campus as well. So that was good to get some clarity and some intel on exactly how college football works. And and look, I would have thought that message to recruits would have had to change because if I was a head coach, and obviously I don't know much about coaching because obviously I'm very wrong on this. If I was a recruiter or a coach, I would be telling kids, hey, this is what lacrosse can provide to you, right? It's got a great college experience with a cool downtown scene, beautiful scenery to go be active, to be outside and to be fit. And then obviously great academics and good athletics as well. But some of those change in a pandemic-stricken world from the scene downtown, which you hope isn't the selling point for an athlete, right? But a lot of things change. And and to, to get clarity on, well, that's actually not how recruiting works, at least early on in the process, to have some of those questions answered and some of those confusions resolved, uh, really helpful. Andrew McGlenn, you can find him on Twitter. And if you're just joining us and you missed any part of that interview, the podcast will go up just after 6 o'clock on WKTYsports.com and on our mobile app. When we come back, I want to talk Packers. I want to continue a conversation we started yesterday about Michael Jordan and Aaron Rodgers. And I want to preview our conversation to come tomorrow. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up next here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out. My name is Grant Bills. I'm having so much fun today. This show's been a blast. Just got off the phone, the five-star telecom talking text line, with UWL coach Andrew McGlenn talking about college sports and how they have been impacted by the pandemic. You can check out that interview and the rest of the podcast. It'll be up just after 6 o'clock, WKTYsports.com, and on our mobile app as well. Yesterday, we got into a deep and interesting conversation about how Michael Jordan is similar and dissimilar to Aaron Rodgers. And Jason Wilde of ESPN Wisconsin and the State Journal got the ball rolling because he wrote a piece last week citing Scott Tolzien, a former pack, uh, backup quarterback for the Packers, and apparently continued friend until now of Aaron Rodgers. And the subject of the article was comparing Aaron Rodgers' leadership to Michael Jordan's leadership and how they can be a little bit prickly towards teammates at times, teammates that aren't pulling their weight or playing up to par, at least by Jordan's or Rogers standards. I love the comparison of MJ to Aaron Rodgers, not for his on the field accomplishments. Honestly, Michael Jordan uh, is considered by 
the majority of people, the greatest of all time, and Aaron Rodgers, not exactly there. I don't like the comparison for that reason, or really the leadership comparison as well. What I really loved is comparing Michael Jordan's ability and Aaron Rodgers' ability to be an offense in and of themselves. MJ, I don't know if it was this weekend or the weekend before, basically said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. I'm going to win at all costs, even if I got to do it all by myself. And that is where the parallel is drawn between Jordan and Aaron Rodgers. And it's more difficult to win by yourself in football. There's more players on the field. There's an offense, a defense, a special teams, dozens of coaches. Where in basketball, it's five on five. And everybody plays offense and everybody plays defense. One player's impact can be a lot greater in basketball than it can be in football. Aaron Rodgers, Michael Jordan, both, when they need to, have been offenses in and of themselves and at times have carried their teams to victory all by themselves. 2015 is the best single game example, and we talked about this yesterday. The divisional round game in Arizona against the Cardinals and Carson Palmer and Chandler Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson. Aaron Rodgers went into that game with Jeff Janis, Jared Aberderis, a fat Eddie Lacy, and his best corner was named Ladarius Gunter. They end up losing by six points, but not before he converts a fourth and 20 from his own end zone to the previously mentioned Jeff Janis, and then a Hail Mary touchdown for 41 yards to, once again, Jeff Janis, to will his team to overtime, not to take a dump on Jeff Janis here, but he went to Saginaw Valley State, that's a Division II school in Michigan that many of you have probably not heard of. He did it with no help, none. That's the best single-game example, although the Packers didn't win. However, if they would have won the coin toss to start overtime, they very well could have won. Now, 2016 is the best example of a bigger sample size of Aaron Rodgers doing it himself. That was the run the table year. And let me remind you really quickly, because we all remember them winning out, but we don't remember the games previous to that six-game winning streak to end the year. They start 4-2, and two, and while they didn't look great, they're still 4-2, and two, and they looked to be a pretty good team. Then they lose four in a row, and they allow 33, 31, 47 and 42 points to drop to four and six. They lost to the Falcons, the Colts, the Titans, and Washington. Let me reiterate that. 33, 31, 47, 42 in four straight games. After starting four or two, they dropped to four and six. And then, of course, the rest is history. Aaron Rodgers said, yeah, I think we can run the table. And they do. They go six and oh to finish the regular season. And then in the divisional game, of that round. Remember, they beat the Giants in the first round at home, the wild card game where he throws the the um, Hail Mary to Randall Cobb. That was the game where there was the boat controversy between Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard and the rest of the, the Giants wide receiving core. And then in the divisional game against the Cowboys, Aaron Rodgers does it again in the postseason for the second consecutive year. He does it all by himself with Ty Montgomery as a running back. By drawing up a play to Jared Cook on third and 20, essentially drawing up a play on the palm of his hand and completing that pass. And then, of course, the rest is history. Mason Crosby makes the field goal and they advance to the Final Four, the NFC Championship game. Lots of examples in that two-year period alone of Aaron Rodgers doing it all by himself. Now, this may have hurt Aaron Rodgers in the long run because now the problem is Aaron Rodgers tries to do it all by himself. That seems to be the Packers' problem with him and perhaps one of the contributing reasons why they drafted Jordan Love. It's not the only reason. They must really like Jordan Love. You don't draft a quarterback 
just to draft a quarterback because your current quarterback is, is doing a couple things to tick you off here and there. But since then, Aaron Rodgers, it seems like, feels though he needs to do it all himself and he can't play within the structure of an offense. That might have hurt him in the long run. Michael Jordan, when he won his last championship, just retired. Aaron Rodgers is, is trying to find his way in the second act of his career. Tomorrow, for one of my new favorite segments called Pack and Time, we're going to look at an old Packer game. This one from 2016. Last week, we did 2014. We did the Packers-Bears 55-14 route. Tomorrow, we're going to do the Packers-Seahawks 2016 game. This was a part of the six-game run-the-table winning streak to end the uh, the regular season. The Packers won 38-10. We're going to take a look at that game tomorrow and, and point out a couple of examples of how Aaron Rodgers is a little bit like Michael Jordan in the sense of when they need to win, they'll do it at all costs, even if they have to do it by themselves. And this run the table year was a big example of Aaron Rodgers' individual brilliance. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll go pack in time. Wisco Sports Show, same time, same place. Talk to you then.